Hey, everyone. This is Scott, and uh, I'm here with Scott, of course. And uh, before we get to Are You Talking R.E.M. Re.Me, I want to ask you, Scott, have you ever had a dream? A dream. Uh, explain. Okay, so, you know, have you ever closed your eyes? Yeah, sure. I've closed my eyes. Sure, yeah. They get dry. You want to blink. You know what I think about dreams, though? Hmm. I think that a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Wow, I've never really thought about it that way, but you're right. Yeah, it's just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. Right? Yes. Yeah, those things you do when you go to sleep, Yeah, they're great ideas that don't have websites yet. No websites right. for any of those. So here's what people should do. Make your dream a reality with Squarespace. Yeah, it makes it easy to turn your idea into a unique website, Squarespace does. That's right. You can showcase your work, your blog, you can publish content, you can even sell products and services of all kinds in just a few clicks. Click, 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 boom, you're done. With 24-7 award-winning customer support, you can customize everything from look and feel, settings and products using beautiful templates created by world-class designers. Guess what? Guess what, Scott? There is nothing to install, patch, or upgrade ever. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you are ready to launch, use the offer code REM. You're going to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Squarespace, a dream is just a great idea that doesn't have a website yet. From Chronic to Collapse town and into now respectively that is this is are you talking rem re me the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things rem this is good rock and roll uh, music Welcome. Trouble with the headphones already. Seems like uh, something an experienced engineer could have taken care of beforehand, but we don't have one today. We have Chef Kevin here on the boards. Something I've never seen him actually do nor be proficient at. Yeah, no, I was completely on my own there. Uh, Yeah, you were flying blind. Flying blind. A babe in the woods. <laughs> you truly were. Headphone-wise. Welcome to headphone-wise, of course. You're not literally a babe in literal woods. I mean, you're literally a babe. I'm in a room in Yeah, Los you're Angeles. in a, a... This is a square. It's not even rectangular. This is a, almost a perfect square, I would say. Los Angeles. <laughs> Boy, that's fun. Holly yeah. Strange. It's fun to take names of cities and then just say them in a different way it really is like uh let me give you any okay toledo toledo uh bermuda bermuda jamaica jamaica girl i want to take you girly you tiki uh welcome to the show the big show today oh, uh before i introduce you oh, the the man, man oh, the man, man with the plan across from me big show let me hype up what we got a little uh we're gonna this is of course the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things rem and you cannot do a show like this without talking about one of their albums because then it would be incomplete right. and we are certainly going to do that today they had uh an album called green we are going to be talking about that a little later on the show indeed we also have a, a good friend of the show, Lance Bangs, will be Link's here. Bongs. Link Link, the Legend of Zelda's Link Bongs, Link's will be so here. Bongs-o. 
Uh, you remember him from previous episodes of the U2 iteration of this show. Uh, I believe he did the Joshua Tree episode, perhaps, and uh, another one, maybe the the Was commentary episode. Hum? He's not. He's we're rattle not introducing him. Oh, rattle and hum. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, he will be on the show talking about uh, his involvement with the band Hurryem. Hurryem. And also, we'll be talking about a little trip that we little took. Jaunt. A, li- a little skip across the pond that the th- uh, right. the three of us took uh, last week in between our last episode and this episode. So that's all coming up on the show. But let but first, before we get to that, let me set the table here. Uh, Adam, you wouldn't want to go to a fancy dinner party. No. You arrive. Oh, you wouldn't even want no, to go to a fancy never, dinner no. party? Yeah, no. Oh my, no, Okay, no. I didn't expect this. Not interested. I was assuming you would want to go to a fancy dinner party, but then the uh, scenario that I was going to pitch you, you would not like. But you just don't want to go to any fancy dinner party. No, but let me hear it anyway. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say you don't want to go to a fancy dinner party. You arrive, there's a giant table... And then there's no tablecloth. There's no silverware. Oh there's God. no candelabra. Oh my God! Where are the candelabras? I require. If I am going to go to a dinner party, a fancy and that one, and that's a stretch. There's got to be a goddamn candelabra there. I'm out. <laughs> At least one. Yeah. I mean, I came all the way out here. Yeah. Exactly. Where are you imagining this dinner party is going to be? Way, way, way outside of town. Like, like Calabasas? Way out. Yeah. Like at least 10, 15 minutes outside of town. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so you understand that my need here to set the table yes. for the listeners. Yes. By the way, talk right into that uh, long black yes. thing right in Was front it, of your- am I, is You're kind of going out over here. You're sort of like- I kinda, It's, it's kind of nice to have the listener feel like you're just passing by as you're saying- <laughs> Yeah, like your, your commitment words. to this show is so tenuous that just, you're just passing- You're doing your part of it as you pass by the studio. In between personal errands. <laughs> Which you are sort of completing them right just, now. You're just flipping papers around, mm. texting people on your phone. Um, so let me set the table for, uh, <laughs> now you're doing glasses Just work. doing one of my characters. <laughs> you're, do, you're almost doing the Orin Hatch invisible glasses, but with real glasses. <laughs> I gotta get a pic of this. Meanwhile, Chef Kevin's over here just typing on his phone. He's not even taking pics of nope. this great, no incredible character of, that of you're the doing. Glasses and now, character. of course, he's like, ooh, let me put the phone down. Let me get the camera. Too late. Too, Too late, late, Kevin. It's gone. It's, it's uh, Too like late. a will of the wisp. Just like the song. Too late. Too late <laughs> for action. I don't know what song on you're a Saturday about. night. Okay, what were you saying? Uh, I was saying that I want to set the table properly for the listener and introduce you because people don't know who's speaking right now. And uh, while I'm introducing you, probably not simultaneously, but perhaps uh, uh, right before or right after, introduce myself. Okay. Myself, I, my name is Scott. Yeah. And I'm one of the hosts of, of the program you're listening to, Are You Talking R.E.M. Re.Me? Yeah, 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 yeah. And across from me, uh, passing by the mic occasionally, hey, <laughs> is a man, uh, I mean, right there. Well, thank you for <laughs> calling me a man, first of all. <laughs> you. Uh, when do you consider yourself to be a man? Depends. Do, are, are you like uh, our Jewish friends who, at the age of 13, mm-hmm. you're like, boy, boy, daddy, I'm in there. Right. For me, it took longer <laughs> than, uh, let's just call it the Jewish 13. <laughs> sure. The, the J13. Yeah. Uh, for me, and I'm just talking about me here. Sure. You're not uh, Sorry, talking is about- a, Is this an episode of Talking About Me? I think it might be. People say, what do you do all day? I don't know. Hey, everyone. 
welcome to Talking About Me. This is Scott, and this is Scott. And today we're talking about ourselves. Me. A subject with which we are entirely <laughs> oh, familiar. Oh, yeah, I think I might know a thing or two. <laughs> the big M-E, Scott. That's right, yes. The M-E. So tell me, tell me about yourself, and then I'll tell you about myself. Oh, man, talking about me. Uh, well, let's see here, Scott. I'm 5'10". Okay. I'm um, hovering somewhere around 160. You got to ask my doctor. It depends on the day. <laughs> wait, 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 why don't you just step on a scale? No, I can only, uh, my doctor keeps track and he, <laughs> he does keeps it tra- visually. <laughs> visually. He does it by your, he, he, he tracks. Well, my doctor is a guy at the circus who guesses people's weight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, doctor, turn your head and cough. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right. And That's right. so you have to That's visit the name. circus in order to get some sort of checkup. Indeed. And, and so I don't it, mind. And, it, and it passes through what? Yearly? Every four or five years, I go to the doctor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Got to get that checkup. Mm-hmm. Is he wearing a uh, typical doctor stethoscope? Uh, stethoscope, uh, jodhpurs. Uh, big, long, funny shoes. Yep. And red uh, nose, red nose, almost like it's something out of that red nose day. You ever do something on that? <laughs> I just smile <laughs> thinking about it. It's it's our best holiday. Yep, it's better than Martin Luther King Day. Don't I you know think? they advertise it heavily at Walgreens? Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah. They are prime red nose day. Oh man, that's it's, the demo right there. They are going <laughs> for it at Walgreens. Uh, and uh, what? Anything else you want to talk about yourself? Well, how about you, Scott? We talk talk about yourself. Okay. Well, I'm six two and a half, maybe. Oh, uh, you're tall. Uh, hey, you know what? I mean, you said you were five ten. I was like, boy, I'm about four inches taller than that. You know what that means. When you're, when you're when you're tall, you know what that means. I don't know what that means. You got a big dick. <laughs> let me show it to you. Here, let me get this thing out. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let me put it back away. All right, here we go. All right, there. Wow. Yeah, it's it was impressive. In. Thank you. Thank you so much for looking at my dick. It was really, really, you know what it looked like? It looked like a just a big dick. Yeah, it was like a dick, but bigger. Yeah. Let me get a look at your uh, bad boy. What do you? Uh, what? It makes a different sound. Yeah, that's not uh, as impressive as mine. No, but that's fine, right? It's fine. Is it fine with you? It's what people are into. If it's fine with you, it's fine with me. Here, put it back away. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh my God! It said goodbye to me. Yeah, it's, it's got a funny it's little polite. face, it's and polite. it has a red nose at the end of it sure as does. well. I think that just might be a pimple. I'm not sure. And some big funny shoes. And that's our episode of talking about me. Good app. Yeah, it's great app. I mean, as that show goes. Yeah, it's I mean, in the ta- wheelhouse. Talking about me, not the best show in the world. No, but, but for a Saturday night, you know, if I'm just sitting around, I yeah. ain't got nobody. I'll listen to it. I'll, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll right. pop it on. Uh, speaking about popping it on, uh, Scott over here is uh, a man who is a big REM fan, and he pops their albums on regularly. Dude, I, I, I saved that segue. You have to admit. I, I've been listening to uh, – yeah, thank you for that. I've been listening to uh, – the aforementioned Green and its accompanying uh, live in Greensboro uh, from. Uh, Do you think the they Green put it tour. out because it was called Greensboro and they were like, uh, "This is like a little wink to our well, audience." Well, listen, you know this. In you're in entertainment, right, sure. Scott? Uh, tangentially, yeah. any any tie-ins you can do promotion wise. 
anything you anything, can do anything. to get the word out there. Get the name. Get on Green Acres if Dude, you can. Totally. You know? I mean, I, I'm sure they wish they thought of that now. I'm sure, yeah, but they were dumb. Um, they were too huge dumb. Huge mistake. Huge, Living yeah. Greensboro. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. So, you, yeah, so, yeah. so huge fan over here, and uh, we're going to be talking about, <clears throat> uh, and we have been talking about the band uh, at length on this episode, uh, and further episodes as well down the That's line. That's right. Uh, be, have you been pleased with the response to uh, the episodes? <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> Very good. Shall we explain? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, we... Uh, 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 it's been a week since I saw you, and I want to know completely what's up with you before we get into it, before we roll our proverbial sleeves up and uh, show our elbows to the audience. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what's going on with you. The last I saw you, we took that little trip, which we'll talk about a, a little bit later. I, I saw you, uh, you, you had called the valet right when we touched down uh, right. at Burbank Airport. It's something yeah. I didn't know you could do, but yeah. it's printed right there on the valet ticket. Right there on the valet ticket, you land the plane you, you call the val- or text them did you text or call no you call the number and then you 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 type in using your phone the uh like eight digit the eight code, digit code and they car. and they pull your car right up yeah. i didn't know that but your car was waiting for you and i was like what the what in the virtual fuck yeah and, and then, i said see you later bro my car is <laughs> here and then you did this little, like your your horn plays a very unique song. Yeah, I uh, it, it's not La Cucaracha especially, but what exactly is it? I tequila, couldn't... tequila, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it also squirts tequila in your mouth. Squirts you tequila pre- in your mouth. Uh, it's right in the center of the steering wheel. Right. It yeah. It right in your I got to get one of those. That looks yeah, so fun. No, it's it's fucking great. Just like spraying in your mouth, ah, all over my face. Was it cool when I? Pulled a 360 before I burned out of there. It was so crazy. Yeah. You didn't just drive down the street. You just did a full like 360. 360. Uh, 360 degrees. degrees. Basically, you drove three miles an hour in a circle. And I was like, yeah. what's this guy doing? Yeah, it took me a half hour. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I left. I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you since then. So little butt since. Yeah. So uh, what's been going on with your silly ass? You've been oh, uh, you've been nose to the grindstone in. Just rocking and rolling. Wait, Scott. is this an episode of nose to the grindstone in and or rocking and rolling? Yeah, I think so. Hey everyone, welcome to Nose to the Grindstone and, and or Rockin' and Rollin'. This is Scott. And this is Scott. And on this show, we talk about, we like to work hard, we like to play hard. Oh, we're yeah. talking about our noses to the grindstones, and we're talking about rockin' and rollin'. You know, it's funny is that uh, I love getting my nose right down there in the grindstone, and I love rockin' and rollin'. But have you found this, I don't know about you, Scott, but I find that sometimes trying to do both at the same time is like, too much. I, it's like turn down the rock and roll. I'm trying to get some work done. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like I can't concentrate with all this loud music. Yeah, this nose. It's pressed up against this grindstone. It's like I, it's bad enough that I'm stuck here past five on a Thursday. I'm yeah. trying to get home to my wife and my my kids. Turn down the rock so I can concentrate. Yeah, and I want to get out there. And I want to rock and roll, but I can't do it until I get because, this work because done. Because I have these files I have to complete. I files. Have to, a lot of data entry I have to do. I have to contact all the... I have to return emails. It's, it's like... Papers turn everywhere. Turn it down! 
Turn down the rock and roll. I gotta get this work done. Ah, and then once I get home, I wish I had time for some rock and roll, but honestly, you know, I barely have enough time to say hi to the kids before they're asleep. Hey, guys. Kiss my wife, and then I'm out because I gotta get up so early to go to work and put my nose to the grindstone. But then Friday night... Oh, Friday night. I got to work late. Yeah, I got to work late. Got to work at least until 1130. Yeah, because, you know, it's like you're not going to get your work done on a Saturday or a Sunday. So you got to complete everything you're doing. Saturday Saturday morning, morning, you're like, you know what, honey? I do need to dip back into the office just to take care of some of that that stuff that I forgot. But then Saturday, Saturday Saturday night, night, you got to go back into work because there's all that shit that you forgot. Yeah, you forgot your keys. Got to bring it back. Back to the home office and then probably just work through Sunday. And then I'm exhausted. Yeah, yeah. just, uh, the, you know, I got to take homework because it's depressing to go into the office on a Sunday. Oh, yeah. But you there's stuff you got to get done. But then Sunday night, you got Sunday the night. HBO lineup to watch. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, whatever boom, it is. And that is rock and roll. Rock right and there. roll. All right, bye. Bye. was a good one yeah yeah yeah. Was i good. really enjoyed that um so you've been you've been out there uh working and jerking right working at jerking what it. what what percentage of your week and and give me a real percentage here uh what percentage of your week your week would you say you work and what percentage do you jerk you know for me working it and jerking it's it's ever since i you know, I don't know, junior high school when mm-hmm. I really, really started, started working it and really started jerking it. Yep. 60-40. <laughs> Good 60-40. Yeah. What about you, Scott? I, you know, I flip it and dip it usually. Oh, yeah, I'm okay. usually 40-60 on 40-60. that. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. why are you working it if you can't jerk it? Well, every time you work it, yeah, at some point you got to jerk it. Mm-hmm. What if uh, the singers of uh, the song No D- Diggity, uh, yeah. Blackstreet, which That's I recently right. saw in concert, by the way. Sure. What if uh, they had, had sung the song as, I like the way you jerk it, No Diggity? That w- Would it have been as popular? Well, as as it is with anything in history, that if you go back and change. Sure, the buttercream effect. Yeah, any little thing buttercream. Could, could possibly change. You I mean, who know. knows? Trump might not be president. If, if Which they, would be a, a tragedy. With, that would be nuts. I, I mean. I don't even want to think about you, what. I, the world might be like you've been, get, you've been Donald getting Trump that tax cut, bro. Oh, it's man. so fucking it is good. So great. It's so fucking good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I also love that we're in California, so we don't get any our taxes go up. Yeah. Yes. So instead of a cut, they go up. Yeah. yeah. But none of the money going to anything that we wish. Actually, in California, it does. It's good. Mm-hmm. It's, actually, it's good. Our taxes are uh, being well spent here in, yeah. uh, in Cali. I'm happy. I call it Cali. Ca- uh, <laughs> you call it Cali? Cali. What? Because of California? Because it's called it's California, and that's the first two syllables. Uh, <laughs> I actually hadn't put those two together. One plus you're right. one you're right. to you was equaling three, right? but now California? Actually, California. And then Cali. Cali is short for California. That's so funny. Why, oh why did you call it that if you goodness. didn't realize that I it's... Just, a, I, I don't know, Scott. I don't. Was it short no. for cauliflower? I don't, I don't know. I, do, I, why I don't so know. De- why are you so defensive right now? I don't know. Can I talk to you over here in the corner, please? Okay. Adam, what's wrong? I don't know. I've, it, it, I'm trying to connect to you, uh, but it's trying like, to connect with me. It's like you've been distant 
all day and right. I can't I can't just I don't know what's going on with you. It's you just, can talk to me. See, I didn't know just because you're such a perfectionist, you know, I came in here tonight and I was like, I gotta get this job done really well. My mm-hmm. nose has been to the grindstone all week. Sure, sure. I wanna kinda get in here and really rock it. Enough jerking. Let's I wanna get to work and I gotta jerk it and work it. Mm-hmm. Per- perfectly because I know that you mm. dancing you, on the razor's there edge. is nothing that's good enough and I love that about you I really do I, I'm sorry I strive for perfection simply because yeah, I, I like to push myself and I'm sorry if I, that means I push you, you I do, know you put but you know what you push me to a great place there's no one else that pushes me to that I know place. but look I, I know love that it. I, I shouldn't I should just let you be a lazy slob and no, you should I just don't do, want that. You should just do, you know, what that. you want to do, which is just ruin your stupid fucking no, life. I don't. I, I Fuck, I hate good. you. Me too. I hate Me you. Me too. Me too. God. All right, come back to the mic. Come on. All right. All right. Um, this is fun. We have a great guest coming up uh, here on the show. He, uh, you know, we should take a break before we get to him because uh, we just got it. We got we got to really concentrate on him. Uh, yeah. He is uh, Lance Bangs. He has uh, you've heard him on the shows before, and uh, he uh, has personal connections to the band. What band are we talking about? Hariam. Hariam. He no, Lance has worked with Hariam uh, for a long time. And, you know, we're doing green because that's around the time that Lance started okay, okay. hanging out save working it for with the, the guys. Save it for after the break. Okay. Jesus fucking Christ. All, All right. right. Let's go to a break. When we come back, Lance Bangs uh, is going to be here, and we're going to get into it, and we're going to talk about our little trip that we took. This is Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy. We will be right back. After these messages, well, baby. Hey, Adam. Yeah. Hey, Scott. Hey, bro. What's up, bro? I want to tell you uh, that support for today's show. This yeah. is fun. They're supporting yeah, yeah. the show. That's so nice. Yeah. Who is uh, supporting? Squarespace. Think it, dream it, make it with Squarespace. Why did you say that? I don't know. It just came to me. Wow. Cool. Hey, do you have a website? No. Have you ever thought about like, I don't know, like putting up like uh, Adam Scott delivers yeah. newspapers to you.com? I mean, I think about it every day. I dream it every day. Have you ever, like, it's not just a paperboy service. It's like Adam Scott will personally deliver a Anything. newspaper to you. Anything, really. Anything. So it's Adam Scott delivers newspapers to you.com, but you branch out into just pretty much anything. anything. Anything you want delivered. But you have to start by just me delivering newspapers, and then we branch That's out. the excuse. Yes. Yeah. Like, everyone has to order at least one newspaper. I just like bringing things to people. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? You know what? Let's get to work on this, it's, and I'm going to get to work on Squarespace. That's right. With beautiful templates created by world-class designers, Squarespace makes it easy to turn your idea, whatever idea it is, much like Adam Scott brings newspapers exactly. to the number two, by the way, you, uh, like YouTube backwards, dot com. Uh, it, it makes it easy to turn these into new and unique websites. You can customize everything from look and feel 
to have you ever felt a website? Feel the website. It's it, it feels just like glass. Yeah, mainly because you're touching your screen. computer screen. <laughs> All optimized for mobile, right out of the box with built-in search engine optimization. That's pretty special. Yeah. So if you are looking to showcase your work, or maybe you want to publish a blog. Um, Tent of any kind, if you want to sling tent, if you want to announce a special project, you can even sell products and services of all different kinds in just a few clicks. Use Squarespace's analytics to help you grow in real time as well. Mm -hmm. Nothing to install, nothing to patch, nothing to upgrade. What am I going to say? For a day? For no. two weeks? No, ever! Though, if you do have a question, Scott, Squarespace's award-winning 24-7 customer support is there to help. They won an award for this? <laughs> I always, It blows my mind that they have some sort of award ceremony out there for customer for support. Customer support, okay. I, I, honestly, and Squarespace has been advertising with me for a long time. Yeah. I think, I think they're lying. You think that's bullshit? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, it doesn't seem possible. I want to see this award. That's what Squarespace I want Squarespace send it. Send a picture of the award yeah, at the very least. If you can't sell the if you can't send the award itself, send a photo. I want to photo. see the individual that won it. I want to see, see the, him the accepting ceremony. it. Yeah. I want to see the red carpet, the step and yep. repeat, all of it. Keep dreaming, but make it a reality with a website from Squarespace. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you are ready to launch, use the offer code. This is important. REM. Put in that offer code. You're going to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. That's Squarespace. Com offer code Hariam. Hey, welcome back. We're here talking about Rem and that. Uh, who's this band that we're playing right now? Uh, well, isn't that REO Speedwagon? That's REO Speed. Yeah, you're right. Uh, we're here uh, talking about REM um, for some reason, and uh, uh, I'm here with uh, uh, Star of Parks and Recreation. Um, he put the park in Parks and Recreation. That's right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Adam um, Scott. Uh, yeah. Do you do, did you consider changing your name to Adam Park once you got that job? Like this would be fun. I did. I thought I thought that would be. Fun. I thought it would be fun for me. And then but Amy, I, Amy would be Amy Recreation. Yeah, I thought it would be fun. And and so I I just kind of I didn't know Amy well yet. Uh, so I thought this would be a fun way to get to know each other. Sure. Like you 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 shake her hand, say thank you for hiring me, and then you show her your new driver's license and go look what I did. Well, I invited her to go to the DMV with me and get our names changed. <laughs> right. So you you gave her an address of a meeting place to say like, here, let's let's the meet and talk, DMV. talk yeah. about the project. She yeah. arrives, finds out it's the DMV. Uh -huh. What happens? She says, I had no idea you wanted to get your name changed, let alone my name changed. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Let's get to our our guest um, here. He just took a large sip of water and then seemed like he had to swallow it down abruptly. But I, I'm still in, introducing you. So I, there was n uh, no need for no that. No rush on that sip. No rush. Yeah. Take another one. I'm, I'll probably still be talking. I'm going to take a sip right now, too. <clears throat> hey, why not? Coffee. Uh, yeah. Leave all the hard work to me. I'm sure. Uh, I, he, uh, 
is a director, uh, directed uh, many videos uh, and documentaries and uh, what other what is, shorts, certainly. Uh, he, uh, you, you can see him throw up in the Jackass movie. That's fun. That was fun for me. I didn't even know you were yeah. in it. And there, there's my There's buddy a lot Lance. of stuff for Viceland. Sure. He, uh, cre- uh, show creator, right? Uh, the What was the show that I was doing ads for a million a million ads for uh, that was on uh, that was on that 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 network. Is it Viceland? Yeah. What was that show called? There's one that was a stand-up comedy show called Flophouse, and another one that's Flop an animated House. storytelling show called Party Legends. Yes, mm-hmm. Flophouse. I was doing a lot of ads for that. Uh, hope it helped. I'm yeah. glad to glad to send my listeners your way. All right. <laughs> uh, Lance Bangs is here. Hello, Lance. Hello. Uh, and again, these are not uh, incredibly sensitive, so right in front of the mouth if you could. Uh, that's also oh, what yeah, she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Lance, welcome welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Great to, great to uh, see you, uh, your, the physical manifestation of your spirit here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything to add? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, you want to welcome our guest? or, or Hey, Lance. <sighs> you know... I was thinking about the physical manifestation of my spirit, mm. and you've never – I feel like I represent that well. And yeah. I, I feel like you've never acknowledged that I'm sorry. I apologize. I do apologize. I feel like I, you're right. You're okay. right. That's uh, And I'm, I'm big enough – this is maybe sounding like a brag now, but I'm big enough to admit when I'm wrong. Thank you. And I was very wrong, and I'm very big to admit that. Thank you. So just from now on, anything that you say to Lance that – that also applies in the to area you. of a compliment. Just make sure it's something you've previously said. To said me. to me, okay. Or back up, say it to me, and then got you it. Can got carry it. on with it. Lance, I'm so. Oh wait, hold on, uh, Adam. I'm a yeah. really big fan of all of your work. Thank you very much, Lance. I'm a big fan of all of your work, obviously, uh, and uh, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. You, uh, we've known each other. I think we talked about this on the Joshua Tree episode. We've known each other since the year 2000. Uh, I think I that, met you prior to that during Mr. Show tapings and stuff. Did we really? Yeah. Okay, that was it was all a blur to me. I was yeah. a young, fresh-faced newbie in the biz, and I was like, "Meet this person! Meet this person!" I was shaking hands with uh, the Harvey Weinstein's of the world, and I was like, "Oh wow, what is happening? What do I do? Do I go up to the room? Do I stay? I don't know what's happening." So was uh, it like 1997? Is that when that was? It was 1997, yeah, 1997-1998, yeah. yeah. Yeah, good times. Uh, which uh, episodes did you actually go to? I went to a bunch of tapings. Uh, the one that took the longest was the one, the kind of story of climbing Mount Everest where they would- Thimbles. Thimbles yes. and knock those all over. And we that was were, the oh, old- You were there for that? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The only episode that took more than- Usually, we would get them done for a 30-minute episode. We would do a taping in 35 minutes. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but but that, that one took an hour and a half. Because of that sketch. Having to set up all those thimbles. Yeah. So they didn't have just ones already they set up. They had two. They okay. had they had they would what what they would do, sorry if you don't know what this sketch is, but it's basically a sketch where Jay Johnson knocks over a uh several shelves full of thimbles eight or ten times. I can't remember how many times. But they had so they had two times. shelves. And while one scene was being filmed, they would be hurriedly okay, putting okay. thimbles that were knocked over on the other one, but it would it, it fall down so easily. It would, right? they, it would fall down so soon in the actual yeah. show that it would just take you know fifteen minutes in between. Oh it was a lot God. of fun. That was a fun episode. Yeah, and I think Paul F. Tompkins was around, sort of keeping things. He was the doing audience. the warm up during the shows. Yeah, and so uh, and then oh, our, like while they're setting up the thimbles, mm-hmm. Paul. That's, and then Bob and David would come out and uh, sing songs and stuff like that. 
a lot so of fun. fun. A lot of fun. Did you ever go to one of those I tapings? I never went. And I had tickets many times and just. Why, why, uh, so what happens? You just are like, eh, fuck know. this. Whatever I was doing in 1998 that I couldn't be bothered going to this historic taping. <laughs> Idiot. Um, what did you do in LA in 98? Like, what were you up to at night? Um, boy, I was like, dude, I was doing guest spots on, uh, I had a recurring- Boy Meets World. No, I had a recurring role on um, Party of Five around that time, and I was really excited about was that, it. Was that filmed here, or was that up in the in the boo? That was here. I I'm, did go I mean up the Bay. to San Francisco and shoot an episode in San You Francisco. did? Wow, that's sure exciting. Did. Dude, was, was that the one where your character was considering jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge? <laughs> No, but somehow my character did disappear. I don't know what really happened. Really, just yeah, disappeared. They stopped using me. What? Did, let me ask. What happened on your final day when you were shooting? <laughs> Nothing happened on my final day, but mm. I do remember on that trip to San Francisco, Nev Campbell and I had this scene where we're walking uh, <laughs> through the street, across the street, and there was a big crane, and they had a cable car zooming by in the shot. That's how you know it's walking. San Francisco, right? And and uh, I kept messing up my line oh. and so they kept having to to reset the cable res- car reset the cable oh the car. thimbles are bad enough but and a cable the, car uh, and the camera and so soon after that i wasn't used quite as much anymore. <laughs> how many takes do you think you ended up doing with i think i blew at least four takes oh. with the cable you gotta hit you gotta hit it at that oh, level yeah. in that league you gotta you gotta come in and nail it hey welcome to the nfl you know <laughs> um did, did uh, uh, what was I going to ask? What I do you, don't know. What do you think? What do you think I, I was going to ask? Did I have scenes with uh, Lacey Chabert? <laughs> sure, that sure. that's exactly what I was going to ask. No, I didn't. Good question, though. <laughs> How about Jennifer Love Hewitt? Nope. Never started a table read. Really? One table? Oh, who's, who just started a computer? Excuse Was that me. you, Lance? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? You got some work you're doing on your computer? Matthew Fox? No, but I had a beer with him up in the, on that San Francisco trip. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe that's why you weren't invited back. Nice guy. You ever watch? I lately I've been watching uh, uh, TV commercials because yeah. I'll be yeah, watching yeah, like yeah. the TV news or something sure. like that. You ever see these commercials where there's a couple on a couch and they're being interviewed about whatever it is? The one I've been sure. the one I've been watching lately is the one where they're trying to get out of a uh, a timeshare. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most bizarre specific situation what? for them to be in. But they're like, we bought, we, when we first got married, we bought a timeshare to Hawaii yeah. and it was really fun. We would go there all the time, yeah. but now we have a baby and we just don't find ourselves getting to our timeshare all that much. And then the guy's like, and I found it was very hard to get out of the timeshare. I tried all of these things, but now your friend suggested we go to getoutofyourtimeshare.com. Good Lord. And But when I see these, these commercials, all I can think about is they just met. Oh, yeah. These actors just met. They are frightened out of their life, much yeah. like you were on Party of yes. Five, where you're like, fuck, I'm fucking up. I'm oh, fucking yeah. up. They're going to fire me. And they did fire you. And um, <laughs> I wish I could find that scene somewhere to watch how freaked out I I, I must the, look. Your, your one By usable the time take. A usable take. Your eyes are darting so, back and oh forth, like like you finish your line and you smile into the camera, yeah. <laughs> like you guy got it. Because you know when you fuck fuck up a line and then you keep fu- you, then the line it's becomes exhausting. just exhausting. It it's is impossible. exhausting. Anytime you watch anything on TV, I think about this all the time. And you see anyone who's not a regular? If you're watching, if you're yeah. watching a show and there are regulars, mm-hmm. like all the cast of Parks and Recreation, all they can think about is, "I want to get the fuck out of here." 
And then anyone else who's in the scenes is, is so nervous. Is so nervous and constantly going, "Am I fucking up? Am I fucking right. up?" Uh, I I did a show called uh, The Huntress, one of my first shows that I ever did. What's that? It was a USA show about a mother and daughter bounty hunter team. I think sounds great. Yep, it was really good. And I <laughs> and I was supposed to do a card trick. Oh, in it, god. and so they, so they're like, we have a technical advisor. He's going to teach you the trick. Oh god! Beforehand, so it's going to be terrible. Yeah, so I had to do a card trick, and the director just kind of kept coming over, and you it's could like, tell he sucks. was like trying to get something out of me that yeah. he felt like he couldn't get or yeah. whatever, you know? Because you is you like your first gig. Mm-hmm. There's you're only going to be able to do so much because you're nervous and you have to deal with props. I wasn't, and to tell you the truth, I wasn't even that nervous uh-huh. because I think it was right out of Mr. Show or whatever. So I'd been on camera or whatever, and it was cocky. fine. I wasn't, I wasn't cocky necessarily, but I'd been, Just I'd, not nervous. I wasn't nervous. I was like, okay, this is some dumb show. Let me yeah. go do it. But then the first take, after you do the first take, the guy comes over to you and is like, um, maybe we could, yeah. you know, like after one. Yeah. yeah as a, a bit di- early. As a director, Lance, you, you've, you've, and I found this to be now when I try to direct, give, give the actors a free take yes. where you just come over and go, cool. All right, let's do another. You yes, know what I mean? Absolutely. Because that, oh, yeah. other than that, they get in their heads, right? Give them a couple takes or even, I think maybe even worse is when. Try and come direct you before you've even before you even started like telling you how you're going to say it. Oh, that's even worse. But now, if you have an actor like you who's constantly fucking up your lines, right? It makes no difference. Yeah, sure. You're going to be. You can say whatever you want. It's still (laughs) going to. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys say if someone does come over and micromanages what they want out of your delivery inflection? Oh, I I'm furious. (laughs) I start throwing shit. It depends on what it is. I, you ever read that Morgan uh, Freeman? I, I almost said Fairchild. Uh-huh. You ever read that Morgan Freeman quote about directors uh, where he says, oh, yeah. I'll allow them to say faster or slower. Other than that, don't talk to me. <laughs> that, that was last when it was a bunch of them for that. <laughs> yeah, a bunch Vegas of those old movie. Vegas yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah, they like were the, talking about how they just chew up these young directors and spit them out. Yeah, they're just like total assholes to everybody. <laughs> you ever work with him? Morgan Freeman? Or Morgan Fairchild. I'll take either. I, I worked with the f- Morgan of the Freeman. The Freeman? Yes. The Freeman himself? Actually, it was like my first big job in a movie. Really? And it was with uh, With Freeman, Freeman himself? Yeah. Which movie? What, what are we talking? High Crimes. High Crimes. High Crimes. <laughs> <laughs> what were these high crimes that were occurring in the movie? And did you did you commit any of them? I committed none of them. Jim Caviezel may have committed a few. Oh, I bet. Uh, you would you hire saying? a Caviezel? When you hire the Kavis, he's going to commit a few high crimes. The Kavis. <laughs> That's what I called him. Uh, Lance, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for having you. <laughs> um, it's really, really nice of you to come. Very nice of you again. to come do the show. We uh, we want to talk to you about the band. Uh, Can I say? Uh, yeah. That's, this is actually you and I met through the band. We did because I would. This is so. We, I was on Party of Five, mm-hmm. and I remember one night I was at Naomi's apartment, and I was online. Who's on, Naomi? Uh, my current wife. Okay, right. And <laughs> I was going through um, on Murmurs.com. You remember that old REM yeah, yeah. fan site? And why? They, you, why is she with you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <That's laughs> you're, over, she was, you're over at her apartment. <laughs> This is 
prime sex time, bro. This is 1999, <laughs> and I'm looking the up. The internet is nascent at right. this point. <laughs> I'm looking up REM fan sites. It's loading. And, it's and, like taking forever to load. And on our, uh, Murmurs.com, they say, REM set to appear on Party of Five. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's the show I'm on. And I and will continue to be on yeah. for a long time. <laughs> for ever and ever. <laughs> so I got the name of the uh, the number for the line producer of the show who oh, I'd never even and this I started, is why you didn't come back I know I started <laughs> making sure I could go to the REM taping oh. like we like hi I'm on the show but like I'm sort of on the show sometimes but I just need to make sure uh, uh, if I'm not shooting that day oh, I can come so embarrassing and, and so <laughs> they did they played uh, and they, they came and they recorded one song for the show but then they played a full show just for a small crowd of people but then you were around uh were you working with them then or were you just kind yeah, of probably just tagging along um yeah. most likely chris bilheimer yeah have been chris. The person that that uh so i met chris there but then you were i can't remember if you were actually yeah. at that show you were i believe so, at the, yeah. it was at the roxy up on not the roxy but up on on a vine and a little up above hollywood what's the name of that place now the paramount now or, it's called the avalon maybe oh yeah yeah yeah, oh, the anyway. yeah, it's not. It was it was the uh, what was it called? Back yeah, because I went to a million shows. Me there. too. It's called the Avalon the Palace. Palace. Yes, it was the called palace. the Palace. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. So that was one of two times I saw REM at the Palace. At the Palace. Yeah. Really. I saw them warming up for some other tour there, but mm. not this one. This was uh, around up. Yeah, they came back and they definitely played the Palace like mid two thousands and did like a surprisingly damn, aggressive, is, fast, up tempo song. This is so boring. Set playing things that they hadn't done in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, I remember they played Strange Currencies uh, at this other palace. These guys well, what, 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 what are we supposed to talk about? What what podcast is this? Um, yeah. So anyway, that's how Lance and I met. So you guys met. So so what was the meeting like? Did you recognize Adam from something? I think I don't. I had not watched Party in anything. <laughs> I don't. Is it, I remember the first time I met you, Adam. Do you yeah. remember this? I feel like we were in a in a car. And you were a friend of Paul, uh, Paul's, uh, Rudzy. Was it right around the shark tank or shark tales shark time? Shark tank. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong show. Uh, it might have been. I don't know. I don't remember. I, was, I remember I was writing a pilot and I was like, hey, you'd be really good in this. And you were like, uh, I'm not really doing TV right now. No, I did. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> yeah. I did? Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, like a Morgan Freeman project <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. moment. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so I think funny. we played poker or something like that. I can't remember. Well, why. I remember at Ham's one night we played poker and you – and and all night you were like Adam Scott. <laughs> that was a different time. Okay, okay. Adam, what was I saying? That was you? a couple few years later. Yeah, it was a few years yeah. later. Yeah, um, but I don't know why I knew you either. Because I'm like, what was the first thing you ever did that that uh, uh, got got any kind of uh, attention? Oh, uh, not not till much later. I don't know why. Yeah. Then I knew you, but oh, I was like, I was maybe I what an Ashley Judd movie. Yeah, that was the Morgan Freeman yeah. one, but it, I, it maybe never really maybe Veronica hung. Mars or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, who knows? But yeah. uh, we're all friends now, and that's fun. That's what really counts, guys. <laughs> um, so let's uh, let's talk about just generally, Lance. Let's talk about uh, the band and your involvement 
with them. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, what was the first time you heard of REM? I thought we were going to talk about last week in Portland first. No, oh, yeah, 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 no, yeah, yeah. let's get the, the, don't you think we should, or do, do you think it would be better to talk about last week in Portland and then yeah. talk about the band? Sure, because that'll sure. Be let's talk about green. last week in Portland. All right, it, was a, so, it was a big deal. All right, all right. Here's, here's, let me set the, let me set again the stage. set the table. Set the table. A lot set like the, setting a stage. Set the table that's on the stage. Sure, yeah. It's a fake table. It's just for the dinner scene. Yeah, not real silverware. No, and the turkey is plastic. And a plastic tablecloth, <laughs> but you're set. <laughs> so, uh, approximately a few weeks back, uh, I was reading, you know, just generally flipping through the internet. You know how we all do. We're just like, website here, website there. Look Surfing. at this one. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about right now. I was, I was on the internet. Oh, you, oh, God, that's funny. Surfing the web. Oh, got it. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, and I, I saw maybe on stereo gum or something like that, uh, a headline, which I, which just hit me like a thunderstrike because we had been doing this show and it said REM to get back together. It did. Something to the effect of REM getting back together for a surprise secret show. And That's an irresponsible headline. Well, the, <laughs> maybe. But uh, I was like, what? And I read, and uh, there there was a, up in Portland, uh, there were a series of two shows uh, which were a uh, tribute to uh, someone who uh, works with R.E.M., Scott McCoy. And a benefit for. And a benefit for him because he had recently undergone uh, some medical troubles uh, while he was on tour with the Filthy Friends, the and Filthy Alejandro Friends, Escoveda. Alejandro Escoveda, and uh, so uh, they were saying in this article that uh, Mike Mills and Peter Buck were were definitely scheduled to to attend. Yeah, but uh, the Saturday night show it said very special guest, right? And they assumed that this would be uh, Michael Stipend. Right. Uh, who was going to be up there? And I and I saw this, and I was like, "Holy shit! I can't believe this." Let me send this to Adam. I texted you this article. A good, I don't know, maybe ten hours, maybe even a day went by before you texted back. We were like, "Oh, that's interesting." So I thought, "Wow, I've struck gold here. <laughs> this is going to be fun." <laughs> I thought this would be something that you were like, "Holy shit!" But. I thought we got tickets right away, or we we, wait- d- we did, but it took it took you a couple of days to kind of get back to me and say, "Should oh, we okay. go?" Because I remember by the time tickets went on sale, I was in front of a computer and you were in front of a computer. Yes. and we were just waiting for them to go. On we sale. went. We were waiting for them to go on sale. But that was a couple days later. That was a, that was a few okay. days. Yeah, this was on a Monday. I think they went on sale on a Friday. Uh, it took a little time to wrangle your interest in it, yeah. but once once uh, I, I had my hooks in you, boy, oh, boy, I would not throw you back. No. Um, so we got tickets for this for this show, and um, we took our talents to Portland. Yeah, um, and uh, we went out there last week, and uh, not really knowing what we were going to get. Now, Lance, uh, I when I when I looked at the complete bill, the filthy friends are on this. What is your relationship to these said friends? I am married to Corin Tucker, who is in the band Filthy Friends. That's and right. Filthy Friends is uh, Peter Buck and Scott McCoy's side and, uh, project. Corin Tucker's well, it's not really a side project, but it's a new band. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they, they have a record out actually that's mm-hmm. so great. Yeah, and great. they're going to have another one sometime yeah. in the future. Is it a side really project uh, for your wife as well? Considering she's also in the band Slater. Kinney. Yeah, she's also in the band Slater Kinney. And uh, Peter basically had a lot of great songs. He did some solo records in the past couple of years, 
and asked Corn to sing and perform on on one of his records, and they really connected, and it worked great. And is this like a connection like you see on The Bachelor, where it's like I have a connection with this person, <laughs> no. and he made out with her or anything like no. that? It wasn't like that. It wasn't at all. like that. At okay, all. good. It's, Jesus it's just Christ! Good to, it's, just, it's, it's a question. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, and uh, and then they started writing songs together and, and had a blast and both found a way to kind of write energetic, catchy, up-tempo songs that, that made sense for her vocals and his guitar playing. And does he live in Portland? He does, yeah. So they can there. get together regularly and easily? Yeah, It's absolutely. just a mere phone call, bring, 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 yeah. uh, come over or I'll go over to you. Just yeah. This is how these things normally work? Cars. Yep. You can take a – Sure, bring car. the movie Cars. Sure, sure. Bring Cars, Cars 2, Cars 3, but sure. also – Grab an Uber. I'll yeah. be right there and sure. go to the recording studio. Yeah. Hey, do you mind stopping at the coffee shop? Yeah. And bringing me something. You know what? I'll bring it really close. Today I'm going to walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are the types of interactions they would have. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you are under oath. So <laughs> also, I just want to remind you. Don't forget your guitar. <laughs> That's right. They're recording some Has songs. Has that ever, that ever happened where they get together and they look at each other and go, I thought you were bringing your guitar. I thought you were bringing your <laughs> yeah. guitar. And they just laugh and they're like, well, we may as well just go back home. That's a classic. Nothing's getting done today. Classic musician's nightmare. <laughs> so nothing like this? Nothing like that. Okay, good. good. Um, yeah, the Filthy Friends record is so fun and, and poppy and catchy and it's great. Yeah. It's so, so I good. see they're on the bill and I say, oh, yeah. I say, Oh, I bet Lance is going to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't put it together until very late, until right before it. You're right, not till right before. And I texted Lance right. And, when and we what's weird put is we were together. already we were talking. We were talking. I think that when we put it together, we were talking about having you back on this show. We were like, we yeah. got to get Lance back on the show. Yeah. And then I went, I think that he might be at that show we're going to. Yeah, <laughs> like it didn't occur to us until a couple of days before. But at the same time, we were <clears throat> not for sh- we weren't sure if we were going to go up until kind of last minute. I wasn't sure if I could go. You're being very careful with what you say. Yes, <laughs> um, but then we. I'm glad. I'm. I'm so glad we. It was did a. La- go. It was definitely a last minute trip yeah. for in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, maybe not for me necessarily, but okay, I was last you. minute. <laughs> but what a what a great show! What, should we just let's talk? Let's talk. talk about let's the talk show? about. It. Well, first of all, first of all, we take a plane trip up there. A little bit of turbulence. I remember I turned to a you. Bit of a bumpy flight. Well, bumpy flight, and I was like, "Hey, Adam, do you mind texting Naomi uh, if we don't make it to text Kulop to say that I love her?" Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because it, texts are very – they're expensive for me, yeah, and my messaging I, plan is out of control. Yeah, I, I I got that message when you wouldn't text your own wife. Yeah, well, look, you know, end. like I, I just – the. It's, Scott, what if your dad? Does, well, why does it matter? Well, th- I'm saddling her with this t- messaging bill. It's, that's not it's fair to her. 50 cents? <sighs> oh, my God, Scott. You tried going over on your messaging okay. one month. Jeez. Anyway, so we get to Portland right before the show. Uh, we get a hold of Lance here. Lance, you're kind enough to uh, get us into the show and and take us into uh, a backstage area, which we, we were not uh, thinking was going to happen. So that was really nice. Yeah. Uh, and so let's talk about the show. Who is, who is billed on the show? Well, when we got there, the uh, Dharma bums were about to go on, and mm-hmm. they went on, and they ro- they were so good. They they fairly rocked it. Yeah, they, one would say. Did they rock the house? I believe think? they. I believe they may. They have. were so good. They were really good. I I am uh, not familiar with their work. Really, uh, I had to look them up when I saw they were on the bill. Uh, Dharma bums were a Portland band uh, from the late '80s, early '90s. Uh, I read. 
that uh, Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love met at one of their shows. Oh, wow. Uh, I didn't know that. And uh, you did know that because I told it to you last week when we were there. Yeah, I, I totally knew that. <laughs> and um, and uh, they uh, put out a couple albums, and their first album was uh, recorded and produced by... Scott McCoy. Scott McCoy, and that is their connection to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I had never seen them before, and they were great. Yeah, they were awesome. Just like, ah, so good. Drums. They, they did a uh, Smithereens song, uh-huh. uh, which sounded amazing as yep. well. We talked about uh, the lead singer of the Smithereens on a recent episode, Passing Away, mm-hmm. and uh, they did it as a tribute to him because I guess they worked with him as well, yeah. uh, wrote some songs with him or something. Yeah. Uh, they were great. Great. Loved it. And then, who was up Then next, I think James right Mercer was next, was he not? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so prior to our you guys getting there, there was uh, Mike Koykendall, Justin right. Townsend, um, Patterson Hood performed. Right. Mm-hmm. We now we landed. Is uh, that when Pat, we, was Patter, Patterson Hood was? They on were like on the first there, night. I the, sorry, there was like a prior show. The prior. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah we were this we were there night. Saturday. Uh, there was a Friday night show. We got there Saturday and rushed right over from the airport. So I believe yeah. we missed the opening, the first act. That's yeah. right. Um, so you would have seen the Dharma Bums. You would have seen we saw uh, James, Mercer James Mercer from the, the Shins. Shins. Who uh, okay? So before yeah. James Mercer went out, though, uh, Lance brought us backstage. We met up with Corin, and then Corin was like, "Hey, you want to come come back?" And I say hi to the guys, and we're like, "Okay." And we go back. And when she says this to me, I'm assuming she's talking about some other guys. She can't be talking yeah. about the band Hari M. The guys. She's probably just she's some local toughs. She's hanging out with right, or something. street gang. Yeah, you know. But then she makes it very clear that this is the guys, the, and and the, these and, ain't no toughs. No, I mean they're tough, certainly. Yeah. Uh, one of them, you know, uh, back in 1987, was wearing a very tough-looking motorcycle yeah. uh, hat that that attracted your eye. That's right. But we should say Lance told us who that very very special guest was, mm-hmm. and and uh, ahead of time, ahead of time, it's not. Michael, uh, what's his name? Michael, uh, lead singer, Stipe, the lead singer. It was Bill Barry, yeah, the drummer, the former drummer. I mean, I guess they're all former members, but uh, the person who uh, left the band in the late nineties, ninety seven, ninety seven, and is and and doesn't has not played with them other than a little one thing here and there, yeah. Uh, and he was going to be on the bill that night, yeah. So we go back and uh, Corn and Lance bring us back in his dressing room and introduce us to Mike Mills, Peter Buck, and Bill Barry. BFB. It was Bill. It was, it was pretty amazing to see Barry. those three guys together, and they were so. Nice and they're just and hanging cool. out. Yeah, yeah. Lance, do you have any sort of uh, background that you know of? Uh, of like how how was it for them hanging out with him, uh, seeing was, him? It was great. Bill has primarily been living on his his farm just out of. Athens, Georgia, and what does he farm? Does he does he like uh, uh, have cattle? I thought it was does, hay. I'm not positive that that's correct, but <laughs> straw is cheap or grass is free. Buy a farm, you get all three. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I I think it might have been the first time he'd left the state of Georgia in about nine or ten years. Wow, the that's amazing! Time, in that same room that you saw that show at, uh, when Peter Buck got married, the guys all came out and. Performed in different incarnations, like never all four. Yeah, right. They have R. never. They have they, since since the, uh, he left the band. They have never all four played together. Is that correct, or is that, that sounds incorrect? right? I guess that there was like a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction where I can't remember if Bill everybody all 
played? I they did, but that was before they broke up. Okay. Bill okay, played so, with yeah. them. So since they broke up, I believe they have found excuse after excuse yes. yeah. to never all four play at the same time. Simply, I would imagine, because of the headlines that would be of like, they're back together or whatever yeah, like that. It's, it's like they definitely believe in the idea of, of not getting it, back together. Yeah. yeah putting it to bed. To it. Yes. It's yeah, a lot like yeah. your children, Adam. At night, what do you do? You put them to bed, right? Sure. You yeah. put it to bed. And it's not like once you put them to bed, it's not like you're like, you know what? Get up in a couple hours and just right. run around the house screaming. No, you yeah. once they're in bed, you want them to I'll stay see in you bed. in 10 or 11 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take an Ambien. Um, so <laughs> Don't in 10 me. or 11 hours, REM will get back to you. Yes. Um, uh, but this, having the three, the uh, Peter Buck, Mike Mills, and Bill Berry together yeah. was, was a, great. a big deal. Yes, absolutely. And while we were back there, James Mercer was about to go on. Peter Buck got up and he goes, "Sorry, I got to go. I'm I'm doing this uh, I'm I'm, I'm playing during playing the song with, him. with the song." And they all and then Mike Mills was like, "Oh yeah, we're going to do it too." And then he told us, "We did You Are the Everything last night." And then I th- either Bill said it or someone someone said, "Bill wants to play with you guys." Yeah. And Mike Mills was like, "Are you serious? <laughs> Great." And so then they, so the three guys go out and play You Are the Everything with James Mercer singing. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. It was just so beautiful, so magical. So the audience does not know that Bill Barry has. I know. Because he just goes out. out. Do, yeah. do you think that it, the audience didn't know? I, yeah. I wonder. Because we knew. So I was like, well, I wonder I, if everyone knows. Yeah, no. No, no one knew. So no. when he steps out on stage, yeah. everyone goes crazy. Out and they're like, is that. Oh my God! It's him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I took uh, some some pictures, and I was sending them to uh, my friend April Richardson, uh, who is a huge uh, REM fan. But we're going to have her on the show, I believe, in a future episode because uh, she has some funny stories about the band. Uh, and she was freaking out, like where she thought we were in LA. Yeah. So she's like, where "I'm stuck yeah. at the Improv. Where are you? <laughs> I'm coming there." Yeah. And I was like, uh, "We're in Portland." So nice try. I wasn't even sure if people in the audience noticed that it was. Bill Barry, because he was kind of not, he's not he was standing it, in a light and he, he was just he was like holding sh- a shaker. He was yeah. shake, holding a shaker along with mm-hmm. the song. But I think and he people, wasn't wearing that signature motorcycle hat that, <laughs> that he wore on the little tiny picture <laughs> on the document sleeve. But do you, did you feel like eventually the audience started yeah, figuring I, it I out? Yeah. yeah. We should say Jenny Conley from the Decemberists was playing accordion yes. during the You Are the Everything, too. And mm-hmm. she was phenomenal. And she knows you from the Parks and Rec episode where. Yeah, those guys came those and guys did played. A, yeah. Parks so it was. It was John Moan, who drums for the Decemberists, was in the Dharma Bums and drummed at that Dharma Bums show. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So a lot of familial connections. Uh, that was pretty incredible to hear them do. You are the everything, and James Mercer's voice sounded great with it. it worked great oh, for that song. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing. I, I I found it very moving. Yeah, if you know what I mean. Uh, Okay, I don't really, but I moved around quite a bit. <laughs> Wait, song. yeah, you were dancing. I was inappropriately hard, and that's dancing. That's a slow song. It's a very slow. And uh, you were like, "Come on, everybody!" Beautiful song. Yeah, fucking let's do it. Rock that, and roll. That has always been one of my favorite uh, of their songs. Absolutely, it yeah. is phenomenal. It's, it's really nice. So then, after that, we have the Filthy Friends. Yeah. Uh, oh man, they shredded the house. And what did the uh, what did they play again? They played they played uh, three great hit songs. Three hit songs, and then, and we were like, okay, there's hit number one, there's hit number two, there's hit number three. Why why go into it? But the cool so, thing was Scott McCoy was out there playing with them. Yeah, that was the other kind of nice surprise for the audience is that you know everyone was there knowing that it was a benefit for Scott, and 
he and had we been, had met Scott's sister, by the way, uh, yeah. b- uh, before before we yeah. went backstage out in the audience, yeah. and uh, uh, that was nice. And she was saying he was doing uh, he was doing good, and so but so we didn't know. So when he was up there on stage, it was a big yeah. Surprise. It was a great moment that he was able to kind of go out and, and perform with his band yeah. and. Right. They and were so good. So yeah. they were really good. So then they get off. Um, and it, it also, sorry, yeah. it's just a thrill to see Peter Buck up there with an electric guitar, too. He's he's great. That's like seeing, he's, you know, Mario Batali with, like, a big serving spoon. That's right. like, that's what with he does. Some, with some tongs and a bowl of lettuce. <laughs> yeah, it's like, holy shit, he's doing it. Um, yeah, he's just a great performer. He's just a, he's a great guitar player. Um, just... The best. Safe to say that you're a fan of his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so, so then uh, they they went off after those songs, and then they come back uh, with Mike Mills, yep, uh, Peter Buck, yep, and the aforementioned BFB, Bill Fucking Barry, behind a full drum kit. Behind a yeah. full drum kit. Now this this gentleman that we're speaking about has not drummed in a few years, so yeah. we didn't know what was going to happen. He might have like. Picked up the sticks and like counted it off like one, two, three, four, and then looked at him and went, I don't know what to do. I do don't you, know what to do. How do you hit these? And then just pushed all the drums over <laughs> and, and, and cried and just like, yeah. I'm going home. And then yeah. just flies back to Atlanta. That's what right. that's what I expected, honestly. He didn't do that though. He didn't do it. No, he instead he was really good. He was really Great. tight. What did they open with? What 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 did they start with Texarkana? I think they opened with The One I Love. The One I Love. You're so, right. With Mike. Peter Buck, guitar riff, everyone freaking out. Mike Mills singing it. Yes. Uh, and, uh, and then Corin and uh, Peter Buck's wife. Peter's wife. Uh, what's Chloe. It? Chloe. Chloe. Singing backups. Singing backups. Yeah. And singing, singing the, uh, that part of The One I Love where they're like, ah, nah, nah. what are they saying Fire. in that? No, fire. The oh yeah, you're when right. he's like coming, fire, coming down all coming over down, you, coming all over. I think it's coming down all over you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, I mean, she would know. Um, <laughs> um, but they sound. They sounded so great. And then what was that? And then one I love. So Texarkana? then maybe it was Texarkana. And then uh, don't go back to Rockville. Don't, don't go, go back, back to Rockville. Rockville. Oh boy, unbelievable. Superman. Superman, Superman with, of blast. course, Mike Mills sings that regularly. So, and he also does Tex Arcana, so that was great. And then uh, they bring out uh, the dude from the Decemberists, uh, and they sing. Uh, 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 I believe. I believe one of my favorites from uh, Life's Rich Pageant. And yeah, that and was. He sounds great. It's un- it's rocking. Believable. It's, uh, it was pretty amazing. Pretty yeah. amazing. And then also, who was the gentleman who was playing keyboards? You say he plays. Well, for it was the Colin moment. Malloy who was singing? Uh, That's Josh. not what I fucking asked. Sorry, bro. <laughs> Josh, um, who is the organist at. Uh, at the, the for the Mets, you were no, saying no the, for who? Sorry, Boston Red Sox. Boston Red Sox. Sorry, that's uh, I, I just offended uh, so many Red Sox fans. Uh, but yeah. watching Bill Berry play, I believe watching him play Texarkana was a thrill because that's not a song they play live really ever, is no. it? Had they ever played? Yeah, they it played it live, but it's it's not like the most common thing you would expect. Oh, it's to, great! Right, it's great to see him see him play those songs. Right, amazing. So now we we were backstage. We were talking to these guys. Uh, they were very kind to meet us. In fact, when when we walked into the dressing room, Mike Mills, he sees you, Adam, and uh, he jumps up and he's like, "Hey, I know you." Yeah, and yeah, something, yeah. Something like that. Uh, we had uh, kind of exchanged pleasantries on uh, Twitter on the 
private message thing. You're, by the way, you're miming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like just like a device in my hand. Sure, sure, like, yeah. Uh, iPhone, iPad. Um, mm, what's another? I don't know anymore. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, other than that. Yeah. My brain is scrambled eggs these days with all these devices. Oh, boy. Um, and so uh, they were nice enough to talk to us and uh, – we even took a, a picture with Bill Barry. That was uh, very cool. Yeah. We were just taking a picture with – because we met some really nice people uh, backstage. We met Scott McCoy and we yeah. met uh, some people uh, there who work for the band. Uh, and at one point, uh, they wanted to take uh, a picture mainly with you, I would say, because I, I think I was getting a lot of residual like, who's this guy? Um, they don't know I'm podcast famous. That's fine. Uh but uh, we took a picture, and Bill was like, I want to be in it, and then, like, j jumped yeah, in and did a funny pose. So uh, awesome. So we'll put that picture up on the uh, webpage that everyone can see. Uh, REM actually put it up on their Instagram, um, and that was really fun. So then after, after uh, that, by the way, then the Decembers came back on, um, and they played uh, a set of their own. Um, oh yeah, they were amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, what a great night! And uh, great night, great night. Uh, good friends, good people. Uh, I believe I drank one beer. That was fun. Yeah, how uh, was that beer? It was not bad. It was uh, it was a little sour. Um, sour I've, I've beer. Never, I've never had one before. Sour beer. I've never had a beer before. Okay. So it was like, and it made me it made me feel funny. And the bubbles tickled my nose. Um, um, what are you guys writing back and forth? Well, I, I, DeWitt Burton, uh, Peter Buck's guitar tech, he was so cool. He was great. So he's he, awesome. He took us on stage after the show, and he let you hold Peter's uh, Rickenbacker. Yeah, and that he's been using since Murmur. Right. Yeah, he got that that particular guitar back in you know eighty eighty one something like and that. And it got stolen in the early aughts right? by me. He got it back by but, me, and by the you. police arrested me. But how did he get it back? I should look that up. I don't remember how that all played out. It's amazing. So I got was to take like a picture. An, was with there the like guitar. an equalizer situation where he like went out on the street for vigilante justice and got his guitar back? Or yes, <laughs> Lance is just looking at me and doesn't not want to add to the bit. Um, what are you looking at? What are you I'm looking at? Look up like how he got the guitar back, and I'm sure I'll remember the details. Okay, just there. put in Google how guitar <laughs> plus back, and I'm sure it'll come up. Um, um, and DeWitt was like, he he knew, he was like, you know what? You're It's so great because everything you're in, REM eventually gets mentioned. You're really keeping it alive. I guess because on Parks and Rec, yeah. Mike was, and the writers eventually kind of added REM into uh, my character's obsessions because they thought it was funny that I was so into them. Well, there's a certain point when you're writing a television show yeah. that your imagination just runs out and you're like, oh, let me just ask this dude, like yeah. what he's actually into. <laughs> what does Adam actually do? <laughs> um, so, and so he took a picture of the three of us uh, on that stage, yeah. you with the guitar around your uh, tight little bod. Yep. And, um, and that was a lot of fun. It so. was awesome. It was awesome. It was much lighter than I expected. The guitar. Yeah. yeah. But holy shit, that, that guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have that picture. You you have a place where you put picture. You must because we take a picture every time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Should we put some pictures up? We'll, we'll put pictures up. Yeah. You can definitely see these. It was a wonderful night. And then uh, we talked to Corin afterwards. So you guys uh, drove Gave us. us a ride home. Gave oh, us a ride yeah. home, which full service. I didn't expect that. You were like, uh, you know, you could have just been like, hey, I got you backstage. I drove you here. You're on your own after that. <laughs> but you drove us all the way back. Yeah. And Lance, what was the song that night that you were happiest to hear live? It's, I, 
I have to say, like, they weren't really playing Superman live as much after that sort of pageantry. Yeah. So them playing, it's just like a fun, great live song. And why do you think that is? Because, uh, you know, I've, I've heard that. And uh, it was a hit, too. It was uh, certainly yeah. in California here for us. It was a hit. And then I, I read that they sort of phased it out like they were embarrassed by it or because it was a cover. I could never I really know, figure like, out like why. I think in that, you know, like maybe 84 to 86 era, they were doing things like smoking in the boys' room and just yeah, kind of like right. fun. Toys in the Attic and covers, all that stuff. Toys yeah. in the Attic. And that after that era when they came up with, you know, Michael would do this sort of like more acapella vocal intro things or extensions of yeah. songs. And there was less time maybe in the set to do like – just a random just fun, cover yeah, of yeah, yeah. But it was a thing. hit, though. That, and then they don't. But they weren't like just trying to play recognizable hits. Like they weren't like doing. Yeah, radio I know. In Europe and most. I know, of but they also or... don't put it on their uh, their best ofs and stuff. So I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it's right. a cover, and yeah, and, and it's so good. Know. I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, like that one also came at the end of that run. So all the kind of like trepidation or nervousness, like oh my god, Bill's about to play, that you would get from the first couple songs. Had all melted like, away. That kind of melted away. It was just like, oh, this oh, is. Oh, he's operating a at a room. high level. That's yeah. the Rickenbacker guitar from yeah. all the records, like loud through a Vox mm-hmm. amp. So great. And there's Mike singing. You know, it just it all worked. Is like, oh, you're just hearing one of the greatest yeah. bands of all time in a small room with yeah. great sound. And you yeah. took video from it, and you did, put them yeah. on your Instagram as well that yeah. people can see. Uh, yeah, what what an incredible experience. And we were just right there, right there, stage left. Um, and, uh, which is opposite than what you might be thinking. Cause Stage if right, you're thinking yeah. of cam, you're thinking of camera, right. Is no, I mean, we were. entertainment. But business, I have, so I know that I have a theater left. background. No, so, so I, so do I. And so I know what that theater did you ever do? Uh, I did quite a bit of theater. Okay. Even in, uh, 1998, aforementioned 1998, I was doing a play at the Mark Taper Forum. Really? Downtown. I had, yeah, I had season it? tickets around that time. What, you did? Yeah. What's it's called a, Dealer's Choice. Oh, I walked out of that. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. I do. I was like, question. when is this dealer going to choose? I got tired. I Make a, a choice. I want to go back to with Adam of like, what was a moment that you're like, maybe I will do TV? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I have no idea what – I was talking about because I I remember I, you you were in some movies at the time, so I was like, oh, that makes sense. I didn't I, take it personally or anything like that. I, I just remember it because as a young writer, I was like, oh, here's a guy who's cool and he's a friend of, of Paul's, and uh, I really like his stuff. And let, I'm doing the <laughs> I'm writing this pilot right now. Let me let me uh, see if he might be into it. I wonder when that was because I I can't remember a time where I didn't just do anything that I could. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been like a three day period I know. where you were like, had you just been the just aviator focusing. or something? Maybe, maybe it was like when I was about to shoot the aviator. Maybe I don't. That's like when I talked to Rob Schraub. You know Schraub, right? Yeah. Uh, when I when uh, one day I was like, man, you're so thin. What's your secret? And he goes, um, I'm on, I'm on this thing. It's an all soup diet. Uh, not all soup, but uh, for lunch I only eat soup. And it's he goes, it's crazy. I you can lo- lose a lot away from it. I thought about that for like. Two years, I was like, I got to do that soup for lunch diet. And then I asked him about it. I was like, you know, I got to start two years later. I was like, I got to start your soup for lunch diet. And he goes, I did that for like three days and I couldn't keep it up. You must have talked to me right in that three days. (laughs) So that's probably what it's like. I talked to you just at a strange time. Look, we have to take a break. That was an incredible night. Uh, we got up really early in the morning. Uh, I didn't get a lot of sleep. Um, we had a pretty good breakfast there at the, uh, the nine. Oh, that was really nice. Hotel. We saw, we, uh, we had a great, uh, 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 wait staff as well taking care of us. Uh, that was a lot of, fun. it was a fun trip. <laughs> what? I, I want to give yeah, them a no, shout they, out they because were, I'm sure, I'm sure nice, yeah. maybe they're listening. Who knows? Sure. I don't know. I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm thoughtful that way. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be right back. 
with uh, more Are You Talking R.E.M. Remy. We're going to be talking about the uh, album Green and uh, what we think of it. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Uh, since we're taking a break here, I want to tell everyone about a, a, a very special episode of my other show. Yeah. Yeah, I have a – I don't know if you knew this, Adam, but I have another show. What? That I do. I don't just do this show. What? Yeah, I'm cheating on you. What? But eating ain't cheating, as I've always said. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I see. Um, it's a very special show of Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, it's coming out. Uh, actually, it's already out. Out uh, came out a couple of days ago. It's the show, of course. I've always said it: the show where we talk to interesting people. Um, yeah. And uh, this week we have uh, John Ham, our, our old buddy, the man, the man, John Man. He should be called John Man. What if his name was John Man? That would be cool. <laughs> I have a friend, Jeremy Man. Oh, yeah, 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 Jeremy Mann. Great guy. <laughs> Great guy. Um, so the concept of the show, if you've never heard Comedy Bang Bang, if you're just a Hari M fan, uh, every week I start the show by interviewing a celebrity guest, but then things go <laughs> off the rails. I mean, there's a bit of an open-door policy. Uh, there. Yeah, a no, bit of one. going to drop yeah. by. Yeah. Uh, we have John Hamm, who's on the show. He's been on the show ever since the early days. And you got to listen to find out uh, which of his characters show up. What does that mean? Which of his characters? <laughs> he doesn't do characters. Um, so, yeah, listen. It was a great app. We had a good time. John Hamm on Comedy Bang Bang this week. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever the fuck you listen. <laughs> Welcome back. Are you talking R.E.M. Remy? Our special guest, Lance Bangs, is here. And um, I got to ask it. I asked uh, a little bit before, but here it comes, that question that we ask all of our guests. When did you first hear of R.E.M.? Man, I, <laughs> I heard them fairly early on. Uh, I was in a family that moved around quite a bit where my dad was in the Air Force and we would end up stationed in different parts of the rural South. So we were in Montgomery, Alabama, Valdosta, Georgia. I think I was probably in Montgomery and driving to record stores on a bicycle, like 11, 12, 12 years old. And what, what, kind regional, of, what kind of music do you like when you're 11 or 12? Mostly sad point? music, mostly sad, like sad um, music because your life was sad. Final cut by Pink Floyd, uh-huh. uh, like Nick Drake, Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly super Joy Division. Interesting. We were talking about Nick Drake on the life's. Uh, was it the no? It was the uh, Fables. Uh, yeah. Uh, episode boy, because boy. yeah he yeah. he uh, produced uh, that record. Yeah. So you're listening to a lot of sad music because you're a sad little boy. Yes. You hate your life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they were like a semi-regional Southern rock uh-huh. band, so they would get written about in. Newspaper coverage. They would review what, that. What record. year is this, by the right. way? When you're 11 or 12, do you I mean, mind like, saying? Kind or? of murmur, um, uh, murmur, whatever, like 83, 84. Yeah, yeah. like murmur, okay, yeah. kind of thing. Right. Um, and then it felt like they kind of were getting bigger with Life Search, Life Search Pageant mm-hmm. after Fables, which felt like a darker, weirder record that I loved, mm-hmm. but wasn't. 
So you were really into Fables. So what was the first record? My favorite one still might be Fables. Like just the the weird murky. See, I love it too. Yeah. Which but what was the first one that you bought? Do you remember? Do you remember the first time you heard? Murmur or Reckoning. Murmur or Reckoning. You probably you bought one of those and you're like, this is it. This I like this. And they were like as much as they were considered like a weird band, like they were, you know, when Rolling Stone would do a year end thing of the best records, it would be They'd be number two or whatever. Yeah, yeah. right. They weren't this completely. There was there was yeah. barely any music out at that point. Yeah, that's the <laughs> thing. Rolling Stone was like, "What do we talk about?" Well, yeah, all right, let's talk about them because there wasn't anything else out there. Yeah, and so people that kind of they were kind of big from the very from the beginning. beginning. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like it took them five hour albums to get written about. In a lot of people, yeah. a lot of our younger listeners don't know. During the eighties, they would put out probably thirteen records a year. There would be 13 records, and it would be like, okay, we got to do a top 10 list. Which three are we going to cut out? What do you mean? That's, the, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that there were so few records at the time that it was just like they would only put out like 13 a year. There would be like one month where they would double up and there two would come out, but then every other really? month there would just be one. Yeah. How is that possible? <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm serious. Like 13 albums total for a whole for year? For a whole year. That's what I'm saying. What are you talking about? <laughs> Is this the one bit that you're not jumping on? <laughs> you suddenly are like in such a headspace where you. <laughs> I thought you were serious. <laughs> this is the one time you're not on board. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. I thought this you is, were totally serious. This is like I'm doing a prank show or something like that, and I got you somehow. This is like my own jackass. Yeah. Do you mind throwing up during my jackass? <laughs> Um, Did you know he was doing it? <laughs> yeah. <back>? Yes. <laughs> is there something in these cookies? <laughs> yeah, Adam's eating these cookies. He's like getting high or something. What That's is happening? So weird. Okay. Okay. So uh, back in. So you know they they weren't Bon Jovi or Ario Speedwagon, but they were. You know, if you were in any way following what was good or right, you know, they weren't the most hidden, obscure. Yeah, band. it's not like they were totally alternative music because Rolling Stone wasn't talking about The Cure necessarily or Depeche Mode or what have They're you. writing more about R.E.M. Than yeah, they were because the that's, you know, rooted in uh, Americana and, and rock, uh, which is mainly what uh, Rolling Stone would talk about. They Because they, yeah. Rolling Stone wasn't really talking about like synthesizer music or whatever. Not as much, no. Yeah. Were you the into acceptable. any of that? Oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New Order. Sorry, I'm not, not familiar with you guys. Adam was about to say the acceptable edge of the unacceptable. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, which perfectly describes them. Yeah, in that period, like anyone mm-hmm. could be like, "Oh, this is really." Yeah, well, we yeah. talk. We were talking on a previous episode, Lance, about how, like, my dad. It was one of the few records that I could play around my dad because it wasn't like if I would play The Smiths, my yeah. mom would be like, "God, turn this off! Yeah. This guy's voice is horrible." And his politics will soon be abhorrent. <laughs> um, but uh, but but the, the Smithereens and REM were the two that I could play around my dad, and he'd be like, "Oh, this is not bad. This is nice." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and were your parents into your your uh, music obsession at all? Were they fostering it? Were they supportive of they it? Were or support- were they were. They were. Yeah, they were not against it. So I would do what I could, mow lawns, whatever, to kind of earn some money and go spend most of it on cassettes. What's and- your lawn mowing secret? <laughs> Just putting on a Walkman and listening to music and getting it done. <laughs> Taking that, the hey, money and good advice. Good advice for any job, really. Sure. Just put on a Walkman, get it done. Get her done. If you lower your standards enough, you can get anything done quickly. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so, uh, so you you really like uh, Fables? That's your favorite. Yeah. Uh, Life's Rich Pageant comes out. Yep. Um, at what point do you cross over from being fan, which is short for fanatic? 
um, and into co-worker or someone who is band adjacent. Yeah. So after Montgomery, Alabama, uh, I ended up in different parts of New Jersey during high school years. And they put out document. At that point, I was able to get other kids that I knew to listen to that one. And people right. were like, oh, yeah, that one makes, you know, like it. Yeah. It, it had the hits. It had, yeah, the one I love and, and End of the World as We Know It, which were played on like classic rock radio in Philadelphia right. and they would talk about the shows that was coming around. And by the way, crossing over into our U2 uh, series, uh, Phil, you mentioned Philadelphia, which is where you saw U2 yeah. in 1987? Like yeah. Yeah, right. And this is and Document comes out in uh, 87 yeah, as well. Yeah, 87. Right. And did you, did you meet U2 in Philadelphia in 87? I can't remember. Not, or, you, or you just they, saw not that they them. would know me. Like I like, you know, I yeah. got dumped over the barrier and backstage for a brief second. Right, 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 like, right. We, you yeah, yeah, you were sweaty over the barrier. Yeah, I was yeah. like a teenage kid. Right, right, right. Got it. Um and the when Ariane put out document, they didn't tour as extensively for that. They did like a they went over right after it came out in September and did like four shows in Europe, like London, Paris, mm-hmm. I don't know, Helsinki, I see London, yeah. I see France, I see Ladies underpants, and then they come back and do like October and November in the U.S. and then that's it. Like they're that's all. Really? Yeah, it's really weird. So they only they never came back and did like a spring of '88 tour. Really? And that yeah, record so now, went now. Adam, it was huge. It was huge. They were on the radio, and they just did not go back out. And Adam was saying uh, for a document on a previous episode, he said they were playing stadiums for that. Uh, no arenas. Arenas. Sorry, he yeah. just. But I would but say that, like in. Yeah, they were playing arenas. But they sometimes playing, they did that okay. thing where they would like sell 5,000 seats. Because I said you were wrong, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And they would like tape off or block off the upper levels of it. Right. So they would go do the Spectrum in Philadelphia, but it wouldn't be 18,000 people necessarily. Well, right. I remember I saw, uh, uh, who am I talking about? Rob Halford, uh, Judas Priest. I saw Judas Priest play an arena once. Um, I went down there uh, because uh, I know Scott from Anthrax, and they were opening. And they did the cheating thing where the stage was in the middle of the arena. And, and everything was, behind yeah, it. Yeah, and everything else was blocked off, and it was like, oh, okay, well, you're playing half the arena. But well, I kind of think they maybe could have if they'd gone back and done like a spring tour now that – Oh, for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. Platinum, and one I love was like a top ten. I didn't hit. know the work tour was so brief. It's weird, and that's why there's kind of very little footage or recordings or whatever from it because it really was like October and November of – of 87 and then and then done yeah and then done did they so, just get to work on because green came out in they November basically they fulfilled their whatever their original contract with irs was they did that compilation dead letter office earlier yeah like in early 87 maybe yeah, that yeah so they had so two they had two records and, no no you're dead letter office you're there oh, but two, you're right that that kind of like eponymous was their their last thing but that was the that was the next year yeah. but you, but they for those two years they put out two records a piece in those two years one a compilation one an actual yeah. studio record. and i think that freed them up to go sign a new thing and and they'd been a little bit frustrated that they had not like had great reaction in in the UK in Europe is what is what they were they, they were, were frustrated that they didn't break through in the UK and Europe yeah. and that IRS had no sort of mechanism in order to help them along that way yeah and so all the kind of savvy and smart people within the music world like already loved the band on their merit but now we're seeing like oh and it, now this song went to number 9 on the actual like billboard sales chart yeah. and is on the radio and they're selling close to a million copies of it. Rick really Dees probably had to say their name at some yes. point when he yeah. was doing the top 40. And they still weren't breaking through overseas. Is what, yeah. Like and they so, were pissed off. That yeah. They, so yeah. it was the right time for them to kind of talk to larger labels with yeah. more international distribution and ended mm-hmm. up at Warner Brothers. And so in 88, they, um, you know, they went and did recording sessions in like maybe April, May. Yeah. Uh, under that new Warner Brothers contract. Yeah. And then – did like two shows in Athens that summer. They did one like in May where they played five or six songs 
that they're working on for, huh. for Green. Then another one in July, but then no other live shows. Did you see those shows, though? No, I did not. I, I, I got down to Athens shortly after that, and people had tapes of them or you know video copies or whatever, oh, but like, I cool. wasn't at, at those two particular ones. Mm-hmm. So they did like a Bearsville session so in the They, yeah, so they, they did the one spring? at Ardent Studio, I think, maybe first in the spring. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that was after their placements had done Please to Meet Me There, like uh-huh. in 87. Um, and and where, where are they uh, in terms of your – because guys like us, we like a lot of bands, and yeah. we like them passionately. And uh, currently, like we, we talked about in the previous episodes, like we're st- we're in U2 yeah. land in these episodes. Um, wh- where did they rank? You mentioned the replacements. Uh, where did they rank in terms of like what you liked? They they were the band that I was the most attached to that was active. Like I might have loved Joy Division recordings more, but they were not a going concern. Right. Whereas there would be like a compilation coming out in the spring and then like yeah. a new photo shoot appearing in Spin Magazine. Or yeah. Like they were something that was like – Happening. New things were happening, yeah. and they were trying new sounds, and they were going to come play live in a few months right. and all that. Um, and they were more active in that way in the U.S. than the Smiths, who I also loved at that time. But, like, R.E.M. was more likely to show up. Right. Well, the Smiths, they, yeah. they did the Queen is Dead tour, and then they I missed that one. Yeah. Because uh, my parents wouldn't let me go. And I was like, oh, oh I'll catch them sucks. next time. And they never came back. That Although sucks. I will say they put out uh, – that show, the Universal Amphitheater show yeah. here in LA, they put it out recently, and I listened to it, and I was like, mm, that didn't really miss much. It <laughs> oh. <laughs> didn't really sound all that good. Um, I have to say that's one of the great things about being a f- fan of REM back in those days, and like in the early '90s, is they were so prolific that if being that being your favorite band, there was continually it was continually well, being rewarded. Those like, years yeah. of '87, '88, you have Dead Letter Office and. Um, and document in 87, and then the next year in 88, you have Eponymous and then Green within the space of three weeks of each other. I yeah, mean, just yeah. if you were a fan of the band, there was a lot coming out. Yeah. yeah. And there were also people who were, you know, they would have B-sides on the four or five singles they're putting out yeah. Per, yeah. per record. Were, would you buy the singles of oh, all, the, of all yeah. the bands you liked? Yeah. Or are you like a record collector? Do you still collect records? Or I you... still am now, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very actively. The so. Green B-sides were great, too. Yeah, that was like one of their high watermarks of... We'll, the stuff we'll play those uh, a little later when yeah. we go through track by track. Um, so how did you then, at what point, even moving beyond Green or whenever this happened to you, uh, when did you actually meet the band and become uh, someone that, that knew them? It would have been the Green Tour in the spring of 89. They came through Philadelphia and played at the Man Music Center. And actually, that might have been – sorry, that might have been the fall of 89. I think then the spring they came through and played in the, the spring, indoor, they, that's when the I saw them. They, like they did one leg yeah. of the tour – and then they went to Europe, and then they came back and yeah. did, like, they got even bigger. Exactly, yeah. Um, and they did, yeah, even bigger places in the so, fall. So that one in the fall would have been, yeah, fall of 89 in Philadelphia at the Man Music Center. And I was doing a lot of, like, teenage political volunteering and working for the— That's right. We talked about this yeah. on the last time. You, you Were you doing stuff with Greenpeace? Exactly, and, Greenpeace right. and the Committee in Solidarity for the People of El Salvador and these groups mm-hmm. that would, like— El Salvador, as so, Bono said. Yeah, so, so bands sometimes would, like, allow these organizations to set up a table and give out pamphlets or information or take donations or sell right. T-shirts at the, at the mm-hmm. show. And R.E.M. for that particular record had made a deal with uh, Greenpeace nationally in the U.S. to— for every every stop of the tour, they yeah. would right. Yep. And was it something where the local chapter would be there, or were, was it? Yeah, where, it was like I, my memory is it was like local chapter of Philadelphia people uh-huh. that I got set up through. Right. Um, so, you know, they weren't obligated to come over and talk or whatever. But Michael and this really phenomenal filmmaker Jem Cohen 
uh, kind of came over to say hi and That's check so out the table cool. and make time to. You, you must have been so excited. Yeah, it was extremely excited. And not only from meeting Michael, but I at the time I was making personal Super 8 films and had oh, so not. Oh, Jim Cohen. Yeah, so, and so I had not ever seen anyone else with that kind of camera, which at that point was a discarded former, you know, like out of, it wasn't a video camera. It was a film. Yeah, thing, film, you know, yeah, yeah. A thrift store thing that you yeah. were. Well, I mean, you know, the first film I ever made at 13 years old was on a Super 8. So I was yeah. used to the yeah. the You the knew format. the filmic language. Yeah, exactly. I won a, a student Oscar for it. Um, now, uh, so so he comes over. So he, he comes talks over. To you. So, yeah, he was great. And, and we talked, and I talked to Jim, and I think I probably had a Super 8 camera on me as well. Uh-huh. And they were both more so than they needed to be. They were um, open and kind of gave me a P.O. box to write to and exchange information and ask about what I was up to and what I was – going on and I told Had, did you introduce yourself as a filmmaker who was also doing this or I, how it was like that i was like helping to table for greenpeace but like right. whoa is that a whatever camera and right. yeah and then um at the time michael was putting together a group to kind of give grants to underground filmmakers and make public service announcements uh the thing he'd set up this campaign called direct effect through a charity he set up called c100 film corps I remember C hundred. I remember yeah. trying to get a job with C hundred. <laughs> what were you going to do? What were you going to do? I, I just offered put anything. Me, I put said, me in a commercial. I'll blow all my lines. <laughs> no TV. If you do any feature film public service announcements. No, I wanted to just be like a PA and just work there um, right after I got out of school. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Um, so kind of make contact with them and Michael kind of gets a sense of at this point, I was like leaving home pretty regularly and and sort of in and out of of that. And uh, he sort of gave me a address or PO box to write to, and and felt like he was like reaching out empathetically yeah. of like, hey, like you know, let me know what's going on or yeah. hmm. how things are going. That's cool. So I sent copies of some of the things I'd made down there to uh, to the PO box yeah. and Michael, and then his uh, sort of the other person mainly running it was a filmmaker named Jim McKay. Who oh, yeah. directs a lot of great stuff yeah, now. And he's great. Yeah. Um, so they had like a, a place set up physically in Athens. And then an artist and designer that you know, Chris Bilheimer, yeah. also kind of got the letters I sent down with the films. And we'll be talking about Chris Bilheimer on a future show. I right. think of when Adam gets to know him on a future episode. So yeah. I want to hype should that. Have Chris so, yeah, on Chris the should show. be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Show. Totally. Uh, so that, you know, that's sort of how I first made contact and then after that, pretty quickly after that, they helped get me uh, set up to register, to get out of where I was living, uh-huh. go down to Athens, Georgia, and get registered uh, locally through their addresses to get enrolled in the University of Georgia. They didn't have a film program That's there. so cool. But there's a painter named James Herbert who had sort oh, of yeah. mentored Michael uh, when Michael was an art student there in the early 80s and sort of set me up to you know, move in with him and get taken under his wing and sort of taught painting and art approach and process and cool. once a year he would teach in the art department this kind of weird experimental class called art 301 technical problems and if mm. you knew about it or knew what it was and knew him did you have to take 101 and then no it was just a weird Ooh. way of registering something that that taught experimental film but didn't say film in the title so that right people that just were like i want to write like a action yeah yeah like, yeah they would they take weren't the showing class. up it would right, just be yeah. like painting students it was like all right here we're going to use this room and show super eight stuff yeah ah, interesting. that's awesome so yeah so it was this thing that um they had no film program it didn't have film in the title of the thing it was just art 301 technical problems mm-hmm. that's and great it was great and so so it was mostly like musicians and poets and weird yeah. characters that were like all figuring out how to like process black and white super eight in a bathtub or whatever. yeah yeah and so then uh and i'm sorry if i'm jumping over some things but we're coming up on a break 
at what point, what is the first work that you did uh, with the band? I would say that in the early 90s when they would release, they weren't touring. They were kind of like mm-hmm. staying mostly in Athens and making great records. But they would get asked to do like an acceptance speech for the Italian whatever thing. Right, or right. Mm-hmm. we need to Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, exactly. A pizza. <laughs> so I think we I probably, will accept this pizza. <laughs> I probably helped out on some minor things around Athens or the office to, you know, get mm-hmm. them out of having yeah. to fly to Italy to do whatever. So right. a few things like that. And then when they were going to do the tour for Monster, which they maybe were originally going to do in 94 and it might have slid back because of the record not being I don't I'm not positive about the timeline, but like 94, mm-hmm. 95 they needed they wanted uh Michael wanted like film projected behind them when they would play. Yeah, live. they had a lot of content playing during Yeah, the- and he'd been really supportive and kind of giving me grants of film stock and processing and hmm. things like that uh, prior. So they kind of commissioned uh Gus Van Sant, James Herbert, uh Jim McKay, Jem Cohen to make visuals to kind of project behind them. Yeah. And Michael asked me to go make a bunch of films to project so it was this great thing of so cool getting and, some money in the like you know pick a song and make something yeah. that, with multiple and, screens. So and be, what uh, what kind of stuff did you make? Like so what were some of the, the images? At the time, I was, was doing it? a lot of uh, traveling around and, and things I'd shot when I was leaving home when I was younger, like gas stations at night, parking lots, uh, sort of nightscapes of places. If it was abandoned, uh, you'd be yes, there. exactly, <laughs> very much like that. So. Uh, a lot of, of Super 8 film of those kind of places and the people I'd meet in those situations. So a lot of other kind of stray teenagers. Mm-hmm. So I remember on the Mr. Show movie, you made a big documentary about a, just some dude you met. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> and you sent it to me. It was just like, when did Lance have time to go follow this dude around? We were making a film. <laughs> did you shoot a bunch of the interstitial stuff on this film as, yeah, on I did. as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably the, the strongest influence on me probably was the stuff that Jem Cohen was doing, which is also very beautiful Mm-hmm. Super 8 portraiture. Yeah. Um, so I, I would travel quite a bit throughout the South and New Jersey and then took some – once I knew that I had to make multiple images at the same time. So you would have like nine projectors going or five Right, projectors and they would going. all be on different screens. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, they, but so they'd have that, to tie together thematically. Yeah. So yeah. I would go take the stuff I'd already shot and weave that together but then drive to interesting towns like Louisville, Kentucky, Greenville, South Carolina, Spartanburg, Montgomery, Alabama and just go – wander and find other teenagers that were out at night or kids that were bummed. And, this sounds yeah. like a <laughs> fairly creepy job that you had. <laughs> I was a peer of theirs at the time. I was yeah. still... <laughs> would you ask them questions or would you just kind of try and just shoot them? Just be like, hey, stand over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is all, I guess it's all pre-internet. Pre, It wasn't like people asked me yeah. on a message board or whatever, but like people you would find and then kind of strike up a conversation yeah. with and then... Let's go over here where there's this light under the gas right. station. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember a lot of that footage yeah. on the tour. And, yeah. And, yeah. And right. for whatever reason, the stuff that I made really worked well with songs like Country Feedback or uh-huh. You. and The more uh, atmospheric yeah, songs. And yeah. Like, and not to be hyperbolic or self-aggrandizing, whatever. Like some of the other content was less emotional, you know, was just kind of like, Cool, poppy, yeah, poppy yeah. Like, oh wow, look at this, look at this, look at this. And yours yeah, was more of, uh, of a feel. Yeah, I would say. Like, and so, Michael kind of started doing a, a thing where he would turn his back to the audience during country feedback and just watch the movies or face the screens. Uh-huh. And then he would change the timing or phrasing of what he was doing as things would change and shift in the films. And so, 
when someone kind of came into focus, he would uh, hit inflection on a mm. like oh, it very cool. much felt like he was watching. And he was interacting with yeah. what you had made. That's amazing. Um, and then at the end of the vocal performance of that, when it would become time for Peter's guitar solo, they would kind of dramatically just cut the chords that were holding those screens, and they would drop down. Wow. You know, just, so that's awesome. You know what, uh, Lance? This uh, this is all fascinating stuff. I'm really enjoying it, but I am looking at the time, and we are out of time for this episode. That's great. We never even got to talking about green. <laughs> that's insane. Wow. Uh, but so much to talk to you, Lance, about about. Uh, will you join us on a an, an extra w- episode? Will you Absolutely. do another episode? Will you do next week's episode with us? Yeah, sounds great. Um, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna actually talk about the record green when we uh, on next week, and we'll talk we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the band with you. Um, sorry, but we're out of time. Until next time, we certainly certainly hope that you found what you're looking for. Bye. Bye. Hey everyone, Scott Ackerman here, host of Comedy Bang Bang, and um, thanks for listening to this show. And I want to tell you, I have a, a great episode of my show, Comedy Bang Bang, uh, floating around out there, out there in the internet. Our good friend John Hamm, the madman himself, he's out uh, talking about his new movie Beirut, and uh, we have uh, Paul F. Tompkins and Jess McKenna and Zach Reno from the Off Book Podcast. It was a really fun time, and it's a good episode. So uh, go check it out. You can subscribe to Comedy Bang Bang on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever. Honestly, you want to. I'm not. I'm not here to tell you where to do it. Or I guess I just did. Anyway, Comedy Bang Bang John Ham this week. Check it out. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs. People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one of a kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.